Well, hey there, JB. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> How are you this Friday afternoon? You know, uh, Friday afternoon? <laughs> I think this is Friday morning, kiddo. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, this is a live. This is a live show, right? We're not pre. We're not going to release this at one o'clock. No, no, this is actually no. Happening right now. Yeah, you know what? Making this live show sort of puts some pressure on us that we have to be here and uh, get it on at this time. Whereas with crunch time, it's like we'll get it there in a few minutes. And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, no. two days later. No, um, you screw up. We can go back and edit. But yeah, no, we're just gonna trip along here. Do listen, as we can. <laughs> our mea, mea culpa here is this, folks. Um, we have been absolutely bombarded over the last couple of weeks. Me and my rare, my rare role, my mirror role, you and your uh, job, yes, yeah. uh, you and your what job and yeah. family and all that stuff. Uh, and so we apologize for some of the lateness of some of the stuff that's going on. But when we decided to go for season fifteen, we knew what we were getting ourselves into uh, to a certain degree, and we're making it work. However, we can make it work. You're seeing an example of that coming up on the other side of the intro here, but uh, we're going to make this work no matter what. I, I guess the one thing that hasn't changed is this is going to be my 10th game on the road this weekend, and uh, going to our theme here, it is where in the world is in the D3FB huddles Frank Rossi. Um, so we are I trying... Know. I have a good guess. I have a guess. I have, I've done some sleuthing, and I have I have a couple of Potential suspects, but really we'll have to figure that out later. Yes, I'm curious. So we'll, I'll ask you off air. How's that to see if uh, maybe we can figure this out? But here's what I'll tell you: uh, we will be giving clues. Uh, there's a clue uh, in uh, Twitter already. I think Quick Hits. I may have put a little bit more clue uh, information in there as well. No, no. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll try to give you a little bit of uh, you know as the next 24 hours progress. Uh, some more information, yeah. more than 24 hours, actually. So uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, congratulations to Katie and Trinity Prep, who's below Trinity Catholic and Trinity what? <laughs> Episcopal? Yeah, there's a lot of Trinities here in Florida, apparently. we Their team did win the Citrus League Championship. They defeated their local rival, Lake Highland, um, three, three sets to none. And so, yeah, we're ranked third in our district behind two other teams named Trinity. So... Go figure. And you know, Frank, I have a feeling that there's another trinity that we're going to be talking a lot about today because they, number five in the country, have a big game in the SAA against Birmingham Southern, who you know went to the playoffs last year as a pool C. They they, they might be looking for some revenge there. Um, one of the biggest games of the weekend, if you ask me. I think you're right, and I think we're going to cover that one pretty darn well in this show. So stay tuned, folks. This is our live show, our 15th show of the season. Is that accurate? That's crazy. Something like that, yeah. Just cranking right along here. Yeah, uh, season 15. So, episode 15, season 15. If you're a numbers guy, you'll love this show of In the Huddle.
Someday I'm going to record during the intro what you're doing uh, in the other camera, uh, and I can actually record the preview window, and I will do it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, when I first heard that song, I kind of it, it was like, really, this is this is the theme music, but it's kind of grown on me, and maybe the fact I have a bunch of teenagers and couple that like electronic music, so uh, it, it's definitely grown on me. I think it's better than uh, the kind of slower version that we used to have. Uh, so I, I think we've done yeah. a good job with this. You know, we're boring people Trust with. Me, uh, I need <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I, we, we got to, I think, start talk football here uh, because uh, the folks yeah. want to know what's going on in week six. Uh, we'll, we'll get our theme song straightened out at some point. We'll also add some new photos uh, into our intro at a certain point. That's, like I said, that's what's happened this season. Everything we've wanted to do, we haven't just had any time to do it. But we'll get there, folks, and we're still covering football and doing it pretty darn well, I think. So here are the uh, games for Region 1 and 2 uh, for Week 6 that we are highlighting here. And i, I got to say Look something. I, we already got a result. Yeah, we do. We already got a score. And you know what? I sent a note to Dante Villos Santos. I don't believe he responded to me uh, last night. He probably was sleeping. Uh, but it, yeah. the note I actually sent to him was around the idea of, listen, your team looked tired to a certain degree last night. And if you think about their last couple of weeks, they had six days rest before their game last week on a Friday night. Then six days rest again this week on a Thursday night game. That's not normal this time of year. Right? Maybe on a one-off you could see that happening. But to have a Thursday night game in the middle of the season, that just doesn't happen unless you've got a hurricane-type situation or something where you've got to get the game in. So we asked the MASCAC folk what happened there because we couldn't seem to find an answer elsewhere. And even they weren't sure how this came to be, that a Thursday night game on October 6th was something that was really in the cards for anybody in a conference game, no less. So, hey, Mass Dartmouth wins at 28-14. Dante Avila-Santos with one touchdown pass, no interceptions, over 300 yards passing. But it just seemed like a very fatigued game when I saw how it progressed throughout the night. What was your thoughts? I know you were uh, kind of tuning in on that one. Yeah, I was checking the score from the stands <laughs> during the volleyball game. But, yeah, um, you know, it's funny when uh, when Ali Marpet used to play in the NFL, we would sort of catch up and see each other from time to time. And I can guarantee you the number one thing that football players, especially at that level, hate is the short week. They need that time to recuperate. And, you know, I can imagine there's a lot of guys on the Corsairs that are extra sore and, and tired. Hopefully they can take advantage of having a couple extra days off now uh, before their next game. Because, yeah, it's, it's a grind, especially we're halfway, getting to more than halfway throughout the season. And so, hey. Well, that was our version of crunch time for uh, the start of week six. Now let's talk about the games to come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's all you. Well, we've got some good ones. We got some good ones, Frank. Um, in the Empire Eight, a big game between Cortland and Brockport. Uh, you know, might notice that I'm sporting a little something that I think uh, Coach Potter and company might have sent over at, at, at one point down the road. And another couple of good games in in Region One, actually, maybe not necessarily on the national scale, but we've got you know Norwich Merchant Marine. That's that's sort of uh, you know. Not not little Army Navy because that was last week when the Coast Guard played Norwich, but once again, uh, academy rivals of sorts, and that should be exciting. W and J 
is is still trying to contend at the top of the pack. They need to beat Westminster, who's a little bit down after last week's loss to Carnegie Mellon. But Frank, my my New England self has to talk about this next one here. We got the lobster trap trophy game, dude. It's up in Maine. It's going to be wicked awesome between UNE and Husson. They're going to have a big trophy, clam chowder, drink some beers in the parking lot. It's going to be great. Look at that trophy right there, the trap. Unbelievable. What a great concept. I think that's a lot of fun. And then sort of my, uh, as the kids would say, low-key favorite games for Region 1 is Castleton versus Gallaudet because somebody's got to win the ECFC, right? I mean, it might be Alfred State, but this is a, a positioning move or big game in, in that conference. One of these three teams is going to go to the playoffs, so we'll, we'll get an answer on who that might be after this big game. The Spartans are off to a good start. Gallaudet's 3-1. and one. Uh, you know, They had that sort of tough loss. It's kind of a head-scratching loss at the start of the season, and then they've rolled off three wins over the last four or so weeks. They've got a little bit of a wonky schedule, uh, challenging for them in the uh, D.C. area to, to, to find games sort of up here in, the, in Region 1. But Region 2, I mean – we obviously agree. Cortland Brockport, that's a that's a great matchup. It's going to boil down to can the Golden Eagles defense uh, do something to to slow down this amazing Cortland offense? Because if they don't throw the ball for four or five hundred yards, they can run it on you within uh, Alfonso St. John. I mean, he had what two hundred and fifty yards on thirty-seven carries last week. They very potent offense. That's going to be a great one. But I think. Did you did, are you giving us a clue in the region one game of the week here, Frank? Am I that that is close to home, at least in Manhattan? Oh, you're talking so about Norwich to, versus Merchant Marine Academy. I mean, that is one of the possible yeah. games, and uh, the clue I think last night was that the game I attend could affect first place in their conference, depending on the result. And so I guess that would uh, technically be a candidate in there. But Norwich uh, versus Merchant Marine Academy is a big game, I think. Uh, overall for the new Mac uh, coming up. So that's Regions 1 and 2. Uh, coming back out here to see uh, the start of discussion for Regions 3 and 4. I'll let you go through this slide quickly here, uh, and then we will go to uh, our first interview, actually, because I think you're going to talk about a game that's relevant to that interview. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think one of the top one or two games this whole weekend is going to be in the SAA between Birmingham Southern and Trinity. That decided the SAA title last year. The loser of that game last year was the Panthers, were the Panthers. They still got into the playoffs, though they have a loss this year to Huntington in that 38-35 game, I think, from week two or three. So this is kind of a must-win situation for them. I don't think eight and two is going to get them a pool C bid, unfortunately. Um, Shenandoah and Bridgewater is a battle of undefeated teams in the ODAC. That's going to knock down the, the list of undefeateds uh, overall. Methodist, Brevard, Wesleyan, Bellhaven, a couple of games in the USA South that are interesting. Heidelberg will probably be the one team that could hang with Mount Union for a little bit. We'll see. Um, Trine versus Adrian. This is, I know this game is, is a big one in the MIAA. This is a chance for the Bulldogs to, to really prove that they, that they're, the legit deal and that they can compete for that conference championship. Trine's a little bit down. They'll be looking to bounce back. That's definitely a game to keep an eye on this weekend. But from our perspectives, it looks like we, uh, we didn't necessarily agree on stuff. You went with the ODAC on battle of undefeateds. I'm taking BSC versus Trinity. And then region four, you've got Heidelberg and Mount union. 
I've got train versus train, <laughs> trine <laughs> versus Adrian. Well, I agree with you that a big game indeed in, the, in um, Region 3 is going to be the uh, Birmingham Southern Trinity game. And uh, obviously, we're, we try to come up with a little bit of variety from time to time. And in that case, that's where I was going with that. Although it is a big game in the ODAC. Shenandoah Bridgewater is a huge game to Absolutely. see who's the would-be competitor for Randolph-Macon later on this season. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see who the heir apparent is at that point. after Randolph that Macon played. is the highest ranked undefeated team in the ODAC, right? As far as yes, like the is. top 25. Yeah, okay, in fact, they're the only, I believe, the only team right now in the top 25 uh, from the ODAC, but that could change soon. You know, there seem to be a lot of teams like Olivet. Where did Olivet come from as an undefeated team right now? Last night I was trying to go through stuff for quick hits and realizing some of the names of undefeated teams that I'm like, I would have never thought this was happening. You know, stuff like that is just unusual, uh, and we'll uh, we'll see what see happens. On my list. Well, hmm. yeah, maybe well, maybe maybe I, maybe I misread it, but I, I think I, we'll we'll check it during the interview. How's that? Because we got a few minutes here. So, uh, because of our wacky uh, weeks that we were just talking about, uh, a rarity occurred where uh, a coach reached out uh, after we had a little bit of confusion and said, "Hey, uh, our guys here, and uh, do you have any time?" And I was. Uh, in a position where I had a few minutes. I knew JB was a little busy yesterday, so I got a chance. Didn't want to pass up the opportunity to talk to Garrett Smith, defensive end senior from Birmingham Southern. Uh, this is a big game. You cannot underestimate this game for both teams. And so we talked to Garrett, or I did at least, about uh, this game and uh, kind of their season to date so far because they've had an up and down season, but uh, now back on the up after that big win versus Barry last week. Garrett, thanks for joining us. And hey, uh, big game coming up this Saturday. Wanted to talk about uh, your team's, I guess, flow through the season so far. Uh, the Huntington game obviously was an interesting game for your team. Take me through what you guys learned from that game that's going to be valuable coming this Saturday. Uh, as a team, I think uh, from that game, we all kind of grew up. Uh, having a loss is obviously not a good thing, but. A lot of teams improve from them, and I believe that we saw that in these past two games and how we've improved as a team and how we faced that adversity and uh, grew from it. Indeed. I mean, uh, you have bounced back here, and uh, a lot of people were wondering maybe they're not going to be the competitor for the SAA crown this year uh, that we uh, might have been assuming coming in. Then the Barry game, uh, you know, playing out the way it did. Uh, you know, take me through that game, especially uh, because there were some ebbs and flows in that game, uh, where especially they came back to tie ten to ten in that game and everything else. Uh, defensively, what were you guys saying at that point that led to the victory? I think uh, as a team, we all just rallied around each other. Uh, we all count on each other. We all bowed our backs whenever we were needed, whenever we were called. And I think it was just a complete game from special teams, defense, and the offensive team. So now we're leading up here to Saturday. It's a big game. I, I don't think your coach would get too mad at me about uh, saying you can't, you know, uh, emphasize enough how big it is in the SAA. And granted, there's more games to be played, but you definitely want the inside track here with a win. So if I mention the name Tucker Horn, what does that say to you? And uh, I will warn you, he will be a guest coming up a little bit later on in our show today. But uh, what are your thoughts on Tucker Horn and the offense of Trinity? Man, Tucker Horn's a great ball player, uh, great vision. He's got a good arm. He can place it where it's needed. 
and uh, steps up in the pocket well. And uh, overall, a good team. Uh, I'm pretty sure they've returned most of their guys back, if not all of them. Uh, I think it'll be a dogfight Saturday. Sounds like it may uh, just be that. Uh, they obviously have some uh, good wins under their belt. That Wheaton win gave not just them, but I think your entire conference uh, some national clout this year. So, uh, you know, you all are making some waves out there uh, in the SAA. But for, you know, folks that aren't used to the SAA or your team right now, what, what should we be looking for? Uh, you know, if something X is going on early, we know you're having a good game or a bad game. What should we be looking out for, especially with respect to your defense? On the ball, uh, guys are making plays left and right. Uh, defensive lines resetting the line of scrimmage. And uh, DBs are where they need to be. Linebackers are where they need to be. And we're all just playing our assignments. Makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm sure uh, that's going to be kind of the battle to make sure that everybody is not making the mistakes out there in a game that's this meaningful. Uh, what did you guys learn last year, especially? Because obviously, you know, it's a different team. You have some definite losses to graduation from last year, but, you know, you have the success you have there. And did that give you kind of a flavor for what you want, what the new assumption for Birmingham Southern is going to be down the line, that you guys need to be in the playoffs for success here? What, what defines success right now for your team after what happened last year? Uh, for sure. We lost a lot of guys. I think we uh, we filled those spots well. I believe that in the past couple of years, we've had great success as a program, and we're still taking that next step, and I believe we're taking all the correct steps. And I think that we have the guys here to get to the place we were last year, and if not further. Your stats uh, speak for themselves this season. I believe you have three sacks to date, uh, numerous tackles for loss. Uh, you've been uh, obviously a star out there on the field uh, from, I believe, Mobile, Alabama originally. Uh, so, you know, staying close to home, how important was that for you when you were making your decision for college? Man, it was uh, – it's great being able to see my family out there on the weekends. Um, just being somewhat close to home, I enjoy it a lot. They get to come up here. I get to see them. I'm really close to my family and my friends back home, but I enjoy being here and being around these guys all the time. That's awesome. And I'm going to give you a chance right now. Uh, our tradition is to give shout outs to any family, friends, teammates, et cetera, that might be watching. Garrett Smith, shout outs are all yours. Uh, shout out to my mom and my dad for making this uh, being here possible. Uh, all the guys that are staying back home for uh, that aren't traveling, how well they've given us a look and how much they do for us throughout the week. And we can't be where we are now if it wasn't up for those guys. And, uh, yeah. Talk about the travel for a second because a lot of people don't realize how spread out this conference is. What is the travel schedule? How far away? How many hours are we talking about in terms of the travel? Because you're joining us uh, on uh, recording here because I believe Friday morning is the start of the travel for you guys. What What is in front of you to get to uh, San Antonio here? Uh, we just going to go ahead and get the bags all packed up tonight. Uh, be on the bus real early in the morning, get to the airport. Uh, Hop on the plane, headed straight to San Antonio, and uh, we'll go throughout our daily or weekly Friday routine, walkthroughs, all that kind of stuff. So I think we'll do well. 
Well, we look trial. forward to yeah, we, hey, we look forward to a great game uh, coming up on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk to Tucker as well as you know in this show. But uh, uh, if you get a sack for him, just uh, say something to the effect of "I said I would" on in the huddle or something along those lines when uh, you're on top of him. Or they see see how he appreciates that one. But uh, good luck to you, uh, Burby Southern, in this game, and uh, we will. Definitely be looking at the winner of this game down the line and stay uh, in touch with them because the SAA is near and dear to us, especially after our COVID season. We got to know a lot more about you guys. So thanks for joining us and good luck to you. Thank you. Garrett Smith, good defensive stuff, end, right? senior from Birmingham Southern. Uh, again, yeah, on the fly there. <laughs> <laughs> his name is not DeGarrett. It's a, he's a defensive end named Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> Now I see it as you say it uh, back in my previous screen here uh, as it moved over. Good, good point. You probably should uh, define that. But uh, and, nonetheless. And for the record, for yes. the record, Mayor, I love the tie. Looked very, looked very mayoral there. And anyone who's wondering, it's 861 plus miles between Birmingham, Alabama to San Antonio, Texas. So definitely makes sense to take a flight in that case. Well, and you look at that situation, you look at the new rules for travel in the playoffs, and you understand why the South provides such a conundrum to uh, the committee with the full flight avoidance issue that we always uh, talk about. So it's relevant, and uh, I don't think people have a true appreciation of how densely packed the northern regions are and northeastern regions are in mid-Atlantic and how we can pretty much all get to each other except for those in the far east coast and, let's say, the Wisconsin uh, zone of our uh, country. Mm -hmm. And then how it works for the folks down in the south where there's not many teams. So the two or three teams that get into the playoffs, it just forces – some sort of flight more often than not, and these guys are flying to San Antonio for this yep. game against Trinity. Would have to fly to any Texas game, uh, pretty much uh, that involves Central Texas, and that's uh, remember San Antonio's down the line. Basically, if you go Belton, Austin, down to San Antonio uh, in that order from north to south. So, uh, good luck with their travel. I hope they uh, travel safe and uh, have a good time out there. Win, lose, or draw, but obviously they want to win this game against Trinity. More on that game in a little bit. we got predictions coming up, obviously, so we'll probably tackle it right around then in some way, shape, or form. JB, we still have one slide to go because we have games in Regions 5 and 6 to talk about, so I'll let you take it away. Yeah, well, I mean, if if Birmingham Southern and Trinity is the maybe the game of the weekend, some out in the Midwest would argue that the real game of the weekend is UWO versus UWRF or um, Oshkosh and River Falls. Both teams are ranked in the top 25. This is a huge game for the Y or WEAC, depending on how you how you call that one. Um, definitely should be something at 2 o'clock that the nation will likely be interested in tuning into, uh, especially after all the sort of – Region one and two games are, are wrapping up the region three and four to a certain extent as well. Uh, Warburg versus Central. I know we were kind of talking before we got on air that um, our friend Greg Thomas is real excited about this in the ARC. St. Olaf is going to take on an undefeated Carlton. Uh, as I said last time, I think this <laughs> might be you know the, the last time we talk about Carlton being undefeated. We'll see. They've had a good season. Coach Cat and the Foresters have a, a rivalry game against the Blue Boys out there in Illinois at three. And then out in Oregon, we've got Linfield versus Whitworth. This is probably the Wildcats' only true challenge in the Northwest Conference. So they win this game. You can kind of pencil them in as a, as a playoff participant. And then out on the West Coast, we've got 
Uh, Laverne versus Pomona Pitzer, who quietly, as I said before, has the best record in the Skyac, is looking good there. And Redlands versus Cal Lutheran are going to be playing for that trophy thing, whatever that smudge pot is out in um, Thousand Oaks, not far from where I used to live in California. So that should be a, a good rivalry game. Rough one for Red, Redlands this year. They've only – they haven't won a game. So they're, they're looking for their first win, and if they get a win – Certainly, the, I'm sure they would love to do it in a in a uh, in a trophy rivalry game. But obviously, we we kind of tend to agree on what the two top games are in Region Five and Region Six. And so there you have it. Uh oh, you got the mute button down again, there, Mayor. So uh, thanks to Wikipedia, I can tell you that a smudge pot is a, an oil-burning device used to prevent frost on fruit trees. Usually a smudge pot has a large round base with a chimney coming out of the middle of its base. Uh, the smudge pot is placed between trees in an orchard. The burning oil creates heat, smoke, carbon dioxide, and water vapor. It was believed that this oil-burning heater would help the orchard from cooling too much during the cold snaps. I'm guessing by the word of it, it didn't necessarily work, and this is probably why we haven't heard of smudge pots much since uh, they tried to use these. But that's my own it's little cool commentary. Thing, I mean, it's pretty big. It's a pretty big trophy, so I guess that's exciting. To our viewers, uh, we need a favor because uh, this week we didn't see many uh, hype videos out there. I, I looked back on JB's feed and uh, didn't see much uh, spotted, so we're going to uh, skip that for this week. But uh, if you do post a hype video. Make sure you tag D3FB Huddle in the process of it, and uh, that way uh, JB will see it and decide what to post up, and that way we'll also have some selections for our Friday show where we might present your hype video right here. Uh, as long as you're not using copyrighted music, that will give us a DMCA. Thanks, Utica. That's a little tricky. That, you know, yes. cause it's, it's tough to not have the music, but yeah, it's, it's a, a, a little bit of a, a balancing act there. Yeah, well, thankfully, uh, UMG decided to drop their uh, copyright uh, infringement scenario on Facebook uh, for us. But uh, that was a close call, and we do like avoiding that whenever possible. So, JB, this ain't feeling good. I'm sorry to say. For me, that is. Um, <clears throat> yeah, listen, you know something? Last year, around this time... You started doing all that stuff, and yeah, uh, you, I, came, you came roaring came back. back. I, I, you know, roaring yep. back is true. Yeah, I'm, I, I just gotta enjoy the, the the little cushion that I have for now, and maybe I can take a little bit of a risk here and there um, this weekend. We'll see. But oh, you're going for a flyer or two? Yeah, well, throw, throw a couple of things out there. We'll see. We'll see. What do we got? Okay. How many games? We have a total of 13 games this week. 13, JB. Okay. So if wow. we disagree on eight of them, which is possible, we could have a tie by the end of this week. And yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me say that with some humor. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. Okay, you know, what we got. You know how it works. You're going to go first this week, so get ready. Here we go. William Tell has started his charge. And we're going to get game number one on the screen. I'll give you a moment to think about it, out of fairness. And then we're going to start the clock when I mention the name of the game. And the game is Norwich at Merchant Marine Academy in the new Mac. Go. Wow, this is tough because Norwich looks so great offensively against the Coast Guard, the Merchant Marine's number one rival. 
Mariners had the offensive line of the week, though, and I think that's the keys to success. The Mariners will – this will be a high-scoring back-and-forth game, but I think the Mariners will outlast the Cadets by like a 38-35 close call type of game. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Mariners. No, I'm not. I'm not going to pick the Mariners. I'm just thinking about the last week's uh, progression in the Coast Guard game and everything else. I'm going to pick Norwich. I just They're upstart this year, it feels like. I think Norwich may get this game, even at Merchant Marine Academy, which is a tough feat, although FDU uh, Forum did win uh, in front of me at Merchant Marine Academy. I'm going to say... Uh, 27-18. Why not go for the weird score and the weird choice by Rossi, right? Okay, uh, next yeah. up is going to be me starting with Castleton at Gallaudet. Uh, and Gallaudet is, what's the record right now? Do you know off the uh, top of your head? I, I, I thought that they did not lose another one there. So yeah, I'm, going to, I'm going to uh, go with Gallaudet here. I, I think that at home they are pretty unstoppable. I still love the story of that team and everything else, and so I'm going to go Gallaudet by a final score of 24-20. Yeah, I mean, they've won three games in a row. They've had some downtime with the way their schedule's structured, so I think the Bison is rested and ready to go. I'll take them to win uh, 35-27. Your shirt says it all. Yeah, but I just don't think I can pick against the Dragons. I mean, just too good. Um, it's a tough one. It would be interesting to get a shakeup, but I feel like Cortland will probably do what they did last week with, with Morrisville. I'd say, hey, 28-7 to 7 will be the final, just like last weekend. Yeah, I, I think Cortland does get this one. I think it's going to be closer than most people think, though. I think that this is going to be a good one. Uh, Cortland wins a 27-21, and it will be a late uh, scenario for that game. I just think... People are overlooking Brockport a little bit right now after uh, yeah. some of a bumpy start. Wash and Jeff at Westminster. Uh, I'm going to say, boy, I, Cole Konichka really baffled me last weekend at Carnegie Mellon. He just could not seem to get his momentum started. I might have said something else uh, in real time to Coach Benzel about that, but we won't go there. It's a family show. Uh, so I think Coach Sirianni may actually get them on this game uh, if they can't get their offense in check here. So I'm going to give Washington and Jefferson the advantage here. Uh, it should be a great game again, though. 30-24. Well, I've been, I've been riding the Presidents since the preseason, so I think I'll you know, tack on there, although I do have a feeling that Westminster at home could. The pack is very topsy-turvy, so you know what the heck? I'm going to take the Titans. Uh, they're a little flyer there. Why not? Uh, I, I think they're going to bounce back at I don't see them falling that far behind in the in the pack race. We'll see. Score? Uh, lower scoring game, 21 to 17. Shenandoah at Bridgewater, an ODAC special. Go for it. I haven't really been following Shenandoah close enough, so I don't know as much about the Hornets as I probably should. But I watched the Bridgewater game last week, and they struggled against a and the Sydney team that's sort of been up and down. Um, but I still like the Eagles at home. I think it's going to be similar to the last weekend's game, kind of coming down late in the fourth quarter, 27 to 21. Yeah. Uh, 
Bridgewater just looked really good last week uh, in how they were winning that game. I'm going to give them the edge here at home uh, by the final score of uh, 25-20. Next up, I mean, can Heidelberg do it? Can anybody in the OAC do it? Would somebody at the OAC do it? Just give us a game at least so we can Just get entertained by this about. situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. that maybe D3Football.com starts going into the lurch with uh, commenters. I don't know. Heidelberg at Mount Union, go. I mean, the Raiders are just loaded. Um, you know, Heidelberg ha- seemed to have it early in the season, but they they tripped up a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, so now, I guess I'll say Mount Union wins forty-five to fourteen. Yeah, I just don't see it. Uh, I mean, we added here just to give the little bit of drama and stop uh, having uh, people say we don't pay attention to Mount Union. Well, we're paying attention to Mount Union, and they're going to win by the final score of forty to ten. So I don't know what else you want us to say at this point. MIAA, trying to Adrian. I think Trine bounces back here, and I know we have an Adrian quarterback that might be a little bit uh, miffed at me for saying this, but I'm going to say that Trine on the road will get back into action. This is a survival game for Trine, so you can't overlook that fact. And so Trine wins this. I say uh, we're going high scoring here, 37-30. Well, I think unlike that almost unwatchable uh, Broncos Thursday night football game, this is going to be some good stuff. And I think Aaron Jenkins and the Bulldogs at home, it'll be a high-scoring affair, but they'll come out with a victory. I'm, I'm taking Adrian, say, 38-27. to 27. Aaron, by the way, we're watching you. We're giving you the promotion now. You don't let us down on this, buddy. We, we read our messages. Don't you worry. We get it, okay? Just saying, buddy. Wartburg at Central. We've got a quick hit special coming up at 10 a.m. Uh, pretty much. Uh, and I'm going to start this one to say I don't see why it's a quick hit special. Wartburg just looks unstoppable on defense. And defense wins conference championships, okay. uh, among other things. So I'm going to say Wartburg wins this one. I, I gave a score. I can't remember what it was uh, in Quick Hits itself, if I can pull it up quick. But it was definitely a lot to a little. 34 to 10, in fact, was the number I put on there. That sounds good to me. I'm definitely taking Wartburg in this one. So, yeah, on to the next. <laughs> it was same score? Good. Okay, Illinois College and Lake Forest, go. Um, I think Coach Cat and Co. have a little too much offense for the Blue Boys. I don't think we're going to see the safety dance like we did in that crazy – game in the spring, but um, I'll take the Foresters to win comfortably 35-21. to 21. AJ Jackson and company uh, get at least one special team score in this game and win it uh, going away 31-14. Linfield at Whitworth, a game that just didn't seem to have a lot of hype, you know, coming into around week two, week three, but it really, to me... This is an important game here, and it's at Whitworth. Now that I've tried to oversell the game, Linfield wins it, folks, okay? By the final score of 30-20. Yeah, I think you can't pick against the Cats at this stage. Uh, they will come away with, a, say, 42-17 to 17 type of game. Another game that's uh, normally a perennial uh, power type of game in a conference, but uh, oh, uh, what the hell is happening here? Redlands of Cal Lutheran, Go! I think ultimately this boils down to the, that sort of issue that Redlands had with their when their coach left under sort of 
not great circumstances, and I think the program's dipping a little bit. Um, I think the Kingsmen at home and that beautiful stadium that they built are probably going to take this one. So I'll go with Kalu, my old neighbors, uh, 35-21. Yeah, look, I, I tried to get on the Redlands bandwagon uh, or try to start one, I guess, a couple weeks ago to my detriment. So uh, once bitten, twice shy. No, Cal uh, Lutheran wins this one. Uh, final score, I don't think it's going to be high scoring, to be honest with you. I think it'll be 24 14 or not relatively high scoring the big one i think this is the one that deserves the attention compared to wartburg central uh well we've got one more game to talk about actually that might be even bigger than that uh oshkosh at river falls uh i've been ranking oshkosh as the next highest team after whitewater for a while a lot a lot of people don't necessarily agree with that uh, lacrosse is proving themselves well but i might not have much confidence in lacrosse this week versus stout which is another game that we probably should have predicted to be honest with you because that is a very interesting game we look at stout's offense now getting back to this game oshkosh I think this is where they really do come out and show themselves to be a part of the class of the WEAC at this point. So I'm going to say, even though River Falls had a close call versus St. John's, uh, that Oshkosh gets this game defense here, 21-17. Yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, the the tried and true 28-24 score, and I'll take the <laughs> Titans. I'm uh, just going to ride that one all the way. Ride it, ride it, ride it all the way to God only knows what. And then uh, we have 10 seconds left, but you know what? 10 seconds is not enough to talk about this game. I, 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 come on. Birmingham Southern at Trinity, this is a huge game. You cannot underestimate this game. And we've got somebody yeah. in queue right now that is going to tell us a little bit more about this game. And ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in Tucker Horn, the quarterback from Trinity University, who will be... Uh, Definitely on display in a game with a lot of meaning. Tucker, thanks for joining us. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing no good. No problem. Uh, we, we've seen that from time to time that you enjoy uh, our show and your family enjoys our show. So we said it's about time to have this guy on. And why not have him on in one of the biggest games of his career? Uh, maybe I'm overstating that because you've had some big games uh, before this. And we'll talk about some of those probably Absolutely. in this interview. But... What tell us what the meaning of this game coming up is to you right now? Garrett Smith put it in his own words. You know how important it is. It's your turn. How important is this game? Do you feel? Well, I mean, it's super important. You know, we haven't that hasn't been gone unstated within our program. I think last year we went up to their place and we had we played you know a super good team. I think both teams are different this year. Um, it's you know it's obviously a Another conference game, every single conference game is going to be a big test um, because all the teams know each other so well and we're all playing to get into the playoffs. So we know that this one is super important. We know that this one has big implications for the rest of our season. So we haven't taken the preparation lightly and uh, we're super ready to go. Tucker, um, last weekend your offense only put up 28 points. I mean, it was one of those games where I think – you guys may have left some points on the field. Things struggled a little bit defensively. Hendricks missed some field goals. It was a closer game than I think a lot of people across the country, especially now that you guys are the top five, you know, number five in the country. What, what do you think, when you watch the tape back, was there anything that you guys learned from that game that you're trying to, to improve upon for this big game this weekend? I mean, just 
overall readiness for the game. I think that that was our first game traveling. We played three home games to start the season. So again, this is a new team. You know, even though we're returning a bunch of people from last year, um, it is a totally new team, and the leadership dynamic within the team is totally different. So being able to go and travel, um, we haven't really had an experience with this team. So going down there handling business in a little bit different way, you know, we're, we're constantly learning from that, but you know, Hendricks had a, you know, all credit to them. They had a great game plan. They, you know, they dominated the time of possession. Um, I think it was like 38 to 22 or something like that. So, um, they, they sat on the ball. They did a great job with their offense and defensive schemes and all credit to them. And I wish them the best going throughout the season. But I think that, you know, as Trinity players, you know, we're, we're focused on each week at a time. So, you know, after last week, we, you know, we debriefed and, you know, moved on from the film and this is a whole new week. You know, we're trying to attack it as its own individual game rather than, you know, worrying about what's happened in the past or what will happen in the future. Well, let me ask you something in the past. Uh, forgive me for that, but <laughs> excuse me, last season, uh, you guys had a fantastic attempt at Mary Harden Baylor. You were the team that got the closest, I believe, to knocking them off in the playoff run or their championship run that they had. And you surprised a lot of people. Now, we watched part of that game in our Bracket Blitz coverage. In fact, we focused a lot on that game as the thing developed uh, the way it did. But guys like me, who are jackasses at times, I will not uh, you know, refuse to say that, uh, kind of sat there and said, look, they, you know what, it was Mary Harden Baylor shooting themselves in the foot more than Trinity playing a great game. And then you guys come out here this year and you win against a great Wheaton team and they prove themselves to be pretty resilient against North Central last week with the, some of that comeback attempt they had. And now guys like me still don't necessarily have you at number five, even though you're up there. I mean, do you guys feel slighted at all by guys like me? What more do you have to do? Is that what you feel like? Or are you kind of like, whatever, do you gain a little bit of, let's say, momentum and energy from guys like me kind of being the naysayers to the crowd out here? You know, when we came into, you know, when my class came into Trinity and the people that were here, we weren't necessarily, you know, competing for conference championships every year. So I think tied and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all the fun in the world to look at the rankings and things like that. But at the end of the day, like, no offense to you, uh, Mr. Rossi, but like it doesn't really matter for our team what other people are saying about us. You know, it's only about the people within the walls, um, within the program that we're really worried about. So, you know, it's it's really fun to look at all that stuff, have the numbers, statistics, things like that. But at the end of the day, it really only matters what Trinity football players and Trinity football coaches are talking about. For no us, offense, so. no offense taken, and call me Frank. Don't you worry. <laughs> so um so for people that are going to be tuning in maybe for the first time because we've been sort of hyping this up and we've got a lot of you know followers that are from more in the, the northeast or the you know upper regions or whatever i mean what what is a trinity game day experience sort of like I and mean, what what can people tuning in or even folks that are uh you know in texas or down down here in the south if they make it up to the game and what what is that whole thing like for for tiger fans you know, it's 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 gotten a whole lot better. I think the environment is, is is super cool. I think right outside the stadium, we have a bunch of tailgating going on. Um, we're right in the middle of campus, right parked right in the middle of campus. Um, so, 
you know, as we've gotten better, the student life and, you know, student appreciation for athletics has, has gone up. So a lot of students at the game, um, the school has done a great job with pouring investment into the football program. We have a new scoreboard. We have brand new, brand new stadium seating. So as far as a game day atmosphere, like it's, it's super cool. We have a bunch of people who support us, um, home or away, um, you know, we love playing at home. There's nothing better than doing that. We're glad that we do have an atmosphere that is fun to play in. And uh, we're super excited to host BSC this, this, this week. So we were talking about this earlier. Your conference is pretty spread out. Uh, I mean, they're traveling mm-hmm. about 800 miles uh, via plane to get to you. You guys, your entire conference and uh, the ASC really prove problematic to the committee because of kind of the island you're on down there in Division Three football. But it's some of the best Division Three football in the country. And I think Mary Harden-Baylor has helped prove that. Harden-Simmons as well over time. You guys now, to a certain degree, with that Wheaton win. Uh, you know, what is it about the Texas college football experience now for you? Because I've seen, obviously, with everybody else, Friday Night Lights type stuff with Texas. But... This experience down in Texas with Division Three football, is it getting better? Is the bar getting raised? And are you feeling a certain amount of energy from that, actually? It was probably the better energy question to ask you uh, as you've uh, gone through your career at Trinity to keep getting better along with your team. Yeah, no, there's definitely a pull for that. I think making, you know, Division Three football is so great in Texas and, you know, the ability to have the level of play keep rising is that, D3 universities are pulling players from Texas. I mean, I know Texas is a giant state. There's all the arguments of, like, where's the best high school football and all that, and I won't get into that. But, you know, people in Texas really love football as far as kids go. And when you can pull people from inside state lines um, to your university, the dedication is there, the fight is there. Like, people just really, really want to play football. And when you have people that really, really want to play football, you can get a lot of things done as far as effort, commitment, and things like that. So I think that the bar is just going to keep being raised because, you know, obviously Mary Harden-Baylor and Harden-Simmons have been the perennial, you know, powerhouses in the state. And, you know, that's where Trinity has wanted to be. When our head coach was here playing football before he was in the NFL in 2000, early 2000s up to 2002, I think. I mean, they were – I mean, they went to the Stag Bowl. So it's like Trinity can be a powerhouse too. I mean, it's at the end of the day, you know, we, we that's that's the bar we're setting for ourselves. We don't want to accept anything less than championship level football play. So, um, yeah, I think that just pulling people from within the state as far as um, having like high commitment, um, high drive to play f- football, um, regardless of the level that it's at, again, is, gonna, is is what's creating, you know, such a great product on the field. Yeah, and um, I think that that product that you guys have, especially in the SAA, and, and I know we sort of put it in the rearview mirror and we don't want to really talk about it anymore, but the reality was I think that that spring season that you guys got to play in 2021 seems to have really been a catalyst for the, your program to get to the level that it is now. What are your thoughts on that? And then as a little adjunct, and you can you can do the old – We'll wait and see at the end of the season answer just to, to let you know. But um, you're officially a senior quarterback. Uh, will we be seeing more of Tucker Horn perhaps next season? Is, or is this the, the proverbial last ride? So I'll start with uh, the catalyst as a, the spring season serving as a catalyst. I think that, you know, we slipped up in the spring season, lost to um, a, a good Hendricks team. 
Um, but we felt like we should have won the game. Um, but they handled their business and um, they, you know, knocked us off at our place, you know. And we had a very sour taste in our mouth, sour feeling after that game. And, you know, moving through the summer after that spring season, we just never wanted to feel that again. So I think a lot of preparation, um, a lot of mindsets were changed going into that next season that, you know, we have the ability to hang with anybody in the country and we need to start practicing like that. We need to start holding ourselves up to that level of standard. And uh, I think that people really embrace that as far as last season, but now the last season's gone, it's a whole new season, um, you know, whole new team and um, whole new dyna- dynamic, you know, we're all that stuff. So we're really excited for the rest of the season. And then I am, I'm definitely coming back. Like there's, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. So um, I've already all told right. coach Erd, I, Coach Herb said just just we just had a meeting with him and he said that uh you know we have 116 active players on our roster and next season 113 of those people can come back so that's really cool to see um wow. you know yeah so same thing as last year but coming into this year but still when when you have a bunch of new people coming back it's not necessarily the same team you're still working with a different dynamic different people um are different points in their life as far as their mindset so it changes things big time but it's great to have that um senior level leadership um within the program did i see another horn on the roster by any chance is that uh an accident or uh, you know just a coincidence what's going on there no uh no that's super cool i mean that's something that we've dreamed about um in our whole life. His name is Raider Horn. He's uh, number 25. He's a defensive back, um, currently serving mostly on special teams right now, but doing a great job working his butt off. Um, really embraces the grind every single day. Um, got a cool mustache, I will say. I'll shout out his mustache if you ever see a picture of him. But uh, no, the guy's awesome. We love being around each other. We're on opposite sides of the football. So um, the talks, um, whether it's trash talk or how you know oh, how to get better how to get better at one thing or another like what we're seeing on defense and offense is it's super cool to be able to talk to somebody um with them about and he's my roommate as well so um we see plenty of each other <laughs> uh, one more for you uh and uh you were talking about the spring season one of the names that uh, we learned about in the spring season was center quarterback trenton duper and uh you know as quarterbacks in the sa obviously there's highly competitive nature between all you guys but you know the story as much as uh, anybody that Trenton's facing uh, a real big, big opponent right now in cancer, and he's going to beat that opponent. We're pretty confident. Uh, I, I know uh, there's been some back and forth between you and him. Uh, kind of tell us about uh, how you learned of it and what your thoughts were, what maybe perspective it helped you gain uh, as this season's rolled along. Yeah, so, I mean, I honestly learned about it through listening <clears throat> to the show. I mean, I had no idea. Um, I can't remember if it was the show or a podcast, but um, I know that I heard about it through um, that medium. And um, once I heard about it, I went and sat down with Coach Urban and said, asked if there was, you know, any way, like, he could contact the, you know, Trenton and see, just let him know that the team was, was really rooting for him. Uh, I contacted him. I've heard a couple of things. Um, here and there we've exchanged messages but uh, you know as far as perspective goes it really makes you appreciate every single day single moment you have with your family um, you have um, living in you know a world where you can do really anything um, in America and then also playing the great game that we love so um, 
I know that Trim's life is not over. I'm fully confident that he's going to get through this because he's a battle-tested guy, and uh, I'm rooting for him. I know that the whole Trinity football program is rooting for him. Um, I know that he's got a great support system. People are loving on him on a daily basis. He's got a bunch of people across the country rooting for him because um, of the you know information that's been spread around. So um, if Trent is listening, you know I I, I I've texted him, but I haven't really ever talked to him in person. So um, just trying to keep fighting, man. I'm, I'm praying for you. I know not just me. I know a lot of other people on my team and around in my support group are praying for you. So um, just keep fighting. I know you're going to get through this. Um, you're battle tested once again. And um, yeah, just keep trucking along, man. And just so you know, I asked him last night, are you a Tucker Horn fan at all? And he uh, responded, he's a heck of a player. He actually reached out to me about my situation to wish me the best. He's a good dude. And uh, he uh, stated after he told me you're going to be on the show that it's great. Definitely, uh, you definitely deserve it. Uh, their game last year uh, against BSC came down to the wire, so this weekend could be much of the same. Both great teams. Um, JB and I still have to pick this game. So Tucker, uh, before we give you the ultimate and final part of uh, your interview, which you know from watching the show, which you get at the end of every interview uh, as a student athlete, give us some edge here. I mean, uh, try to be objective. <laughs> Uh, but how would you look at this game and try to pick this game if you were somebody like us right now? What should we what should we be focusing on to make that determination? You know, really, this game is going to come down to all three phases: special teams, offense, and defense. I think both offenses are very capable of putting up points on on the scoreboard, but both defenses are very good at stopping the run and the pass. And um, you know. It's whoever's going to, you know, execute the best. I know that's a cliche, but whoever makes the least amount of mistakes. And then people can't forget about special teams. Special teams is a huge part of the game. Um, we respect every single facet of be a, of Birmingham Southern's football program, coaches to players, um, you know, how old they are. Um, we just, uh, you know, we really respect them. So we're going into this game not thinking any anything different than it's a championship football game. So, I'm really excited to play them. I don't think that you can go in uh, necessarily. I don't even think picking it really matters. Just go enjoy a football game. Go enjoy um, people playing the great game they love um, at the Division Three football yeah. level. So, Well, I've been to San Antonio a few times in my life. It's it's a great city. The river walk down there and, and some of the outlying areas is real, real nice. And, and I imagine it's going to be a very exciting um, game day experience for everybody coming folks from Alabama or elsewhere uh, for this big game. So Tucker, well, you know, you know what time it is. Um, we really appreciate you having it on and, and we've uh, definitely become big fans of you and, and the Tigers wish you luck on Saturday, but senior quarterback, Tucker Horn, floor is yours for shout outs. Any friends, family, or anyone else you think might be watching the program? Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll shout out my brother and, you know, my, you know, support system that is here at Trinity football. They've done a great job and, you know, bringing me up when I came in as a transfer and they, uh, you know, it's, it's home for me. Trinity's home for me. So, um, I love coach Urban, coach Lytle, coach Gazella, all the, all the defensive coaches do a great job as well. Raider Horn, my brother, love him to death. Um, we'll, we'll never take a moment for granted with that guy. And then, um, also my family, my, you know, direct family, um, Jeff and Carrie, I love y'all very much. Um, y'all have done nothing but support me. Y'all come to every single game, home or away. Um, Lord knows the amount of time that y'all spend on the road, um, but I know that y'all love it. So um, I'm very appreciative 
appreciative of y'all, and uh, I can't wait to see y'all this weekend. I think I located an early stage photo of Raiders mustache uh, on Twitter while you were talking. I, I, I don't think it's fully there yet, but yeah, yeah. No, I think that's sort of preseason. Oh my there. god. That's uh, one first of day of school, Esca, uh, right there. I'm going to take that off the screen so he doesn't come up here and kill me for that one. Uh, but Tucker uh, seems to be enjoying it just the same. Uh, Tucker, I could uh, go and play uh, even Steven on this, too, because I think you got one on here, too, <laughs> somewhere. Uh, but uh, nevertheless... Uh, actually, there's even a better one, I think, in there somewhere. Uh, but I'm not going to do that to you guys. I'll let folks find uh, all the uh, Raider Horn mustache photos they can find on Twitter. We are going to wish both you and BSC a lot of luck for a great game uh, this weekend. Safe travel to them. Uh, you guys will play a great host, I know. And uh, we're going to be watching this one for sure. Uh, will this be the game I attend this weekend? Well, if I, it is, I better get on a plane real fast. But I, I'm thinking it's not. I, I'm going to give a hint to the country right now. I'm probably <laughs> not attending BSC at Trinity, but I will be watching it for sure. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for all your uh, fandom on our show, because uh, we do know you're watching out there with your uh, dad, Jeff, etc. So uh, thanks for everything you do to uh, make us feel accepted, wanted, and loved out there. No, y'all are super accepted across the country. Thank y'all for all y'all do. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, keep trucking along. I know y'all are super busy, but you know a lot of people in the country are really, really appreciative of y'all. So thank y'all. Thank you, sir. Thanks, man. Tucker Horn joining us from I'm gonna, San Antonio. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to hit up Coach Herb for when that that Trinity Polo is pretty sweet. I mean, we look pretty good in that. You know that maroon or sort of burnt red, whatever they call. It. It's not burnt orange like the the U of Texas, but. Good-looking stuff there, man. We might have to get some Trinity swag before it's all said and done. Not like I already don't have a ton of other Trinity stuff. <laughs> well, uh, hey, um, before we, yep. Before we pick this game, Frank, um, there have been some people out there having a little fun trying to guess where you're going this weekend. I, don't know. I saw it. I, I saw it. <laughs> we might be running out of time because we're already pushing an hour, but I, I just some of the Photoshop stuff that's going on here, this guy – Todd Crawford is killing me. It's really funny. So if you haven't seen it, I'm gonna I've retweeted it during the show. Oh my gosh. It, he's he's definitely one of your biggest fans down there in Texas, especially when it comes to making fun of you. <laughs> With fans like these, who needs enemies? Let me uh, tell you. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you're going to insist God. on doing this, though, I, I believe I am adept enough with a mouse here to uh, get this up. Uh, first uh, was this one, Todd. Uh, thanks for that one. Um, oh, gosh. And uh, then uh, I don't know what the hell this is, oh, but Breaking we'll Bad. Just... That's a that's a Breaking Bad reference there. That the, mm. that's Walter White in his underwear with his gun. Yeah, that, except it's Frank with his underwear. <laughs> theoretically don't quit your day uh, job uh, for a photoshop career because that's not going to work for you but nonetheless thank you for trying we appreciate you todd crawford uh okay so uh, i'm gonna let you go first uh birmingham southern and trinity man um yes especially after talking with tucker how can you pick against the tigers um they won last year and you know what they're the one thing that my eight point lead affords me is that I can kind of be, I can be the bad guy once in a while. And I can say to the Tigers, they prove me wrong. I'm going to go with Ooh. the Panthers, Birmingham Southern in an upset. Why not? Hey, you know, 
we were talking about this being a quiet weekend. What would be more exciting than a, a crazy upset? And there have been some fans chirping in my ear that you know, say that this Birmingham Southern team could potentially do it. So prove me wrong, Trinity. Let's see what happens. Back to Trenton Duper, uh, playing guest analyst uh, via Twitter last night. Uh, I asked him his thoughts on okay. this game, and uh, he said that I actually haven't watched BSC play, but it's in San Antonio, and Trinity beat Wheaton, so I think Trinity will win probably by a touchdown, maybe 24-14. You know what? That was my thinking. At home, after seeing what they can do against Trinity, I'm going to pick the same score, 24-14 in favor of Trinity. Uh, I, I think that they are a team on a mission, and a mission to prove to a lot of people that it's no fluke, that this is a team for real. And guys like me, I, I, I was pretty honest about it. I have not given them the credit they deserve, and I'm not the only one out there not, uh, for that matter. No, so, uh, you know, are they legit? They need to win a game like this to really and truly prove this team is legit. They are that team that could be the next heir apparent in the South to the Mary Harden Baylors out there. Harden Simmons has had trouble getting to that position again because of the way that rivalry is gone. So why not Trinity ultimately in the SAA? I, I think they know what's at stake in a moment like this. And I don't think the moment is too big for them, especially after some of the games they've had to play along the way here. Trinity wins 24-14. Okay. Uh, good show. Uh, you know what? Getting to feature student athletes is what we do here, what makes us you know, driven to continue the show year to year. And to have both Garrett Absolutely. Smith and Tucker Horn on and get to poke fun at Raider Horn, who, uh, God help me if he ever sees me in his sight, I'm dead. Um, but... Uh, you know, it's it's a big thing uh, for us to be able to do that, to have both them on. It's always a little bit of a challenge. We made it work. JB, great work by you on that. And, uh, you know, don't underestimate games like these. I think one of the things that people reach out to us about the most is thank you for explaining what it all means and getting me interested in games I wouldn't have otherwise watched or understood. We get a lot of that, honestly, and you, you take it for granted, but then you realize... What does some guy in Massachusetts care about the Trinity-Birmingham Southern game? Well, let me tell you what there is to care about that game. And then you see a guy with the poise of Tucker Horn. I mean, he is so polished in what he, uh, how he presented himself to you. It was incredible. You just never know what you're going to get. And he just, he, whatever his career is going to be in, he's going to be a success. Garrett Smith, same thing. A little more nervous uh, with this, but... Uh, good posture, poise, and everything else he presents here. And these guys lead their teams so well. Uh, these are our future leaders out there, folks. Whether you want to believe it or not, it is true. And it's for good reason that they are incredible people. What to watch for week six, quickly. Yeah, well, like we said, there may not be some of the major marquee games, but there's two really huge games that will affect two of the biggest conference races in the in the north or Midwest, whatever you want to call it, the the WIAC between the Titans and the and the and the Falcons. That's a great game. And then you also have the you know the, the Panthers and the Tigers. It's like a you know, the animal uh, animal kingdom going on here, Frank. But um, there's also these other rivalry games in other regions, and and so there'll, there'll be some interesting things to talk about. And I think as you had there on the banner, while there may not be as many blockbusters, there might be some more surprises this weekend than we anticipate. We'll see. 
We'll be back early next week with another edition of Crunch Time and to go through all that. And we'll have to wait and see where Mr. Rossi, the mayor, is going to end up this weekend. I have a guess. It might have something to do with this shirt. You know, you, you've been a little, you've been on the road a it lot. Would, it, would fit, it, it would fit the uh, clue number one. So I, I give you credit on that one, but uh, I'm not saying one way or the other uh, because uh, it's a viable candidate. The only thing I said was it's not Trinity versus BSC. So we've got that much down right now. So well, more, more clues coming up soon. Dante Villa Santos actually just uh, responded to me because I asked him the question about being uh, tired, essentially, with those two six-day turnarounds in a row. And uh, I'll give you his full response. Frank, man, let me tell you the number one thing I love about this team, the resilience. It's so special to watch this guy, uh, the, uh, these guys flourish and be great day in and day out. As far as the back and back-to-back weeks go, you know, some outsiders would say that's a lot for us or any team to play short weeks back-to-back. But us, we love a challenge. We love the targets on our back. You can give us 10 games in 10, game, 10 days. And this group going to scratch and claw our way to that zero mark on the clock. During game 10. Maybe a little tired, though, with a laugh. Yeah. That's Dante Villasantos, UMD quarterback, and uh, that's the spirit we know and love about him, who loves to play 60 minutes of damn football. Yes, that's it. You got it right there. Folks, on that note, we'll see you somewhere this weekend. We'll see you uh, on Twitter uh, with uh, updates from across the country, and we'll give you crunch time, as JB said, early next week. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's nice. week six. Have a good one, folks.